Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'm Stu Sr. This is Kathy Scheller. And we appreciate being on your show, uh, Hall of Mirrors, and we appreciate you asking us back. Thank you so much. Thank you. We took about a three-week, two-week break. Yeah. Um, just to kind of let things settle down, see where they went. Um, then we came back, and um, we're doing it on our own and you know, trying to find all of our contacts and let people know and schedule things. And we're still hanging out here in North Carolina in a vacation rental home of someone else's. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's gotta be interesting. And I, first and foremost, I, I'm elated that your son is out of the brig and uh, resting comfortably in his bed. So uh, that's a win, right? Uh, Absolutely. All intents yeah. and purposes that that's a, in and, in and of itself is a win. It um, is. And when, when we spoke the first time, I, I was, you know, we, we offered you guys a platform to basically just talk because what we had noticed on all the, the primetime interviews is you guys were really kind of shuffled in and shuffled out. You got two or three talking points and it went to commercial. And I really feel like that was an injustice in itself. Um, and I, we wanted to afford you guys the opportunity to kind of, let's start slow. Let's, let's talk about what led up to this, what actions had to be taken because we don't, we don't have a finite amount of time here. So if you guys are willing to share the story to actually get the story out, not just a soundbite, that's going to be great at 10 PM. We're, we're here for you. Well, I always say that you can't understand, you cannot separate the 20 year war. What our son's breaking, speaking out for accountability and for the repercussions after. They're all tied together. They are one story. And I agree with you when we're doing the- four, we, four we're, we're doing the six minute interview and we have, and, and they take two minutes to share Stuart's video or a minute and a half. We, we have this pressure to get it out. And so we appreciate the relaxed uh, we're, storytelling time. So we, thank you. Yeah. So we're, we're enjoying podcasts and we're enjoying radio. It, sure. it's, it's pretty nice. And, and how it gets edited always comes into play. Um, but uh, I, this is what I tried to tell people. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm repeating what I said to you before or not. So if I am just, you know, delete it out. No, it's, it's okay. We, we want, we like the unfiltered story. And, and, and what Randy and I say is we don't, promote misinformation. We want to put out information and we want to put out solid, truthful content. And, and that's really kind of how, and Randy, you can speak up if you want. That's yeah. kind of how we've made, made our name for ourselves in, in the podcast realm is we're putting out truths, no matter how blunt those truths are or, or how long it takes to actually get the proper content. Because like you said, you know, in, in order to understand what's going on now, we have to have a history lesson. And our viewers have to have a history lesson. And as, as small as we are, we actually get listened to quite a bit and watched. Our, our huge audience is Facebook, which is crazy. We thought it would be YouTube and it's the complete opposite. We found that we get censored on YouTube. 
but uh, we're able to talk about the sensitive um, topics that are censored all the time. And we found a way to avoid being, you know, removed from platforms. That's awesome. So, well, um, where would you like to begin? I'll start and then you can go on. I tend to cry and he tends to rage and sometimes <laughs> I rage. And so, and then we jump all over each other and it, it's just, you know, um, but I always start with the fact that our son, you know, is um, an infantry officer and he has been in the sand for those 17 years. He's never been on a base. Um, his deployments have been shoulder to shoulder, you know, um, shooting people, um, protecting his, 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 I, I say men, and I mean men and women, but for the most part, um, in the infantry part, you know, they, they were mainly men. Sure. Um, he has been protecting them for 17 years. They, they came first. Sure. And if you understand that and you understand that he's been living in a tent, he's been in the sand, he went a full year without a shower. Okay, I sent baby wipes. The, the epitome of a true leader, right? Leading. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> yes. I've mailed food. So his, his men would have enough extra rations, um, all, all kinds of things. So, and I like to tell the story of when he first was in Iraq at Ramadi, it was Thanksgiving. And, and uh, I heard that morning that the, that the um, police station that he was training at was blown up and that there were casualties. I heard that on the radio and, so I knew that he had been there. I he didn't he know. was, he was, uh, his men were protecting the perimeter of the police station. So we, you know, you, you hear this and you're waiting all day and I fix Thanksgiving dinner, rest of the family's there. You know, there's no word, there's no word. I keep looking out the window for it, for the Marine Corps to come and tell me that, you know, he's been blown up um, all day long, nothing, nothing. And then finally, late in the evening, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock at night after everyone's gone and the dishes are cleaned up, we get a phone call. And he said, hey, mom and dad, you know, this is Stu. Yeah, I knew you probably heard that it was blown up, but my men are younger and they needed to call home first. They only had one sat phone. One sat phone. So, you know, he, he waited all day for everyone else to make their Thanksgiving calls. And that was the kind of leader that he is. What year is um, he highly decorated for having protected and and saved many lives. He was on an IED team. The the machines that sweep for the IDs are IEDs are very slow. It was his job to, you know, in his mind, make sure the perimeter was clear. If they found someone making IEDs, it was their job to go in and find the person that was making them and find the um the cache of explosives. Yes. So they were not just going after the person selling the drugs. They were going drugs. up. The, up <laughs> well, I'm using that as an analogy. And I've used that story before. Um, they weren't just going with the drug dealer, the guy digging the hole in the road. They were going upstream looking for the, you know, large cache of, of munitions. Kind so of the, the, Israeli, the Israeli military uh, adage, find the bomber, not the bomb. Yes. Right. So, right. so I, and I tell one story so that people understand that this is personal. This was personal to him. Um, there was a, in Afghanistan, I believe it was Afghanistan. He, uh, there was a Black Hawk helicopter that went down and they sent him and a group of small group to go up, take the body bags up, um, collect all the weapons, bring down any bodies. 
Um, blow up the helicopter. Because you have to blow up the helicopter because right. we cannot share our technology. You have to bring the weapons down because we cannot let our enemy get the weapons. They go what up. Year, let me stop you for a second. Oh, what, what year was this? I don't even remember. You know, it might have been it all 2010 or 11. How much things have changed in uh, yes okay so this decade, is personal right so they go up they're just expected to get in and get out because the enemy knows where that black hawk helicopter is and they've had to go up the mountain and they get up there and they've got firefights going on and they get up there to discover that the weapons are melted to the black hawk because the fire was too hot they can't get them out but they their orders are to take them out so they have to call down. They have to wait all day long under fire. Off I and think on. it went all the way up to the Pentagon. And by the time they got word back, they had to spend the night because it was late. They slept in body bags to not freeze. And the next morning, they probably collected what they needed to collect to take out. And they were able to get out of there. But when Kathy says it's personal, on August 26th, when you hear when you've lived that for 17 years that kind of life and you hear that we basically turned over bagram air base and all the weapons black hawk helicopters all the all the military equipment to the taliban that you were fighting uh it's personal sure. let alone uh <laughs> having the taliban who you have fought against protect the perimeter, and then to see 13 of your fellow service members die, uh, it, it, uh, something snapped in him. See, and, and this is what you don't hear about. I was just going to say. Even on the, the, go ahead. Yeah, no, you give the listeners and watchers an opportunity to kind of put themselves in Stu's shoes and understand, you know, I get it now. I get why he did this. Yeah, what drives a person and yeah. it forms a nexus. And you guys masterfully just form that nexus for us where, you know, it's one, it's one thing to be an opinionated person. I'm an opinionated person. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are opinionated. And to, to, it's easy enough to spread that on social media. But give me the context of why those opinions were formed. And, and that's, that's what's been missing in this story, honestly, right? And the story of Stu, go ahead. I've got one other contextual, and as Kathy says, until you understand the big picture, Stuart was doing a lot of work with an organization called A Hero. It was a it's a it's a suicide prevention group that is basically pulling across all armed forces, all armed forces, uh, men and women to come together and talk about their experiences. And, you know, to, to counsel, to help them. Sure. And um, they like to call it instead of post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic stress growth. Just post-traumatic growth is what Stuart yeah, has. Called. I guess post-traumatic growth. I'm but, sorry. But they, he has a farm in North Carolina. Uh, in fact, he's got a couple of school buses on it where he made a video from, as you know. And uh, they, but they go out there and they camp and they talk and they try to help each other. Well, you know the data from the Department of Defense, and, and their data we think is on the low end, 22 service members, both active and veterans, are committing suicide a day. And most counselors will say it's probably 30 to 35. 
a day. So Stuart's been working with this group, trying to help Marines in his scope transition as they leave the Marine Corps. And so I think that's the context that these people needed to know and still need to know that what they did, whether they did it for four years or eight years or whatever, three deployments, two deployments, five deployments, they need to know that what they did mattered. And with the kind of exit that we had, leaving thousands of Americans behind, allowing uh, a bad plan with 13 service members dying, and then um, to make it even worse, and I know this didn't prompt him on August 26th, but we all know a few days later, they dropped a missile in a drone to kill a service member and seven of his children, and they heralded it a success. It, it just continued to be- It's a debacle. Crazy. Yep. And the commander in chief hasn't even been considered to, you know, to be held responsible for this. They yeah, I, it, I, I guess I, I don't want to spend too far off. No, but I mean, it's but, just right. There, there's no accountability, and, and and you know, your your son said it. There's no accountability across the board for for anything that's going on. And when you you have a, a marine who, you know, let, we'll say a decade ago, just just because we don't have exact dates, but had to go retrieve his brothers and sisters in arms that that crashed and 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 you know they met their demise in that black hawk helicopter and then while the government's red tape is uh prohibiting him from doing his job to destroy the helicopter or retrieve whatever content there is while they're trying to make these decisions he's sleeping in a body bag to to survive under enemy fire and then a decade later they're abandoning all this equipment and you know i, I we saw some of the videos right of you know, the, the Black Hawk helicopters and the, the planes with some of the aviations, you know, I think that was framed just in my own vision that, all right, th this is a, a, a photo op, let's bust some displays up. But for, for all intents and purposes, there's, they left all that equipment behind. Even if the Taliban doesn't know how to use it, we all are smart enough to know that with, in less than a week, probably the Chinese or the Russians were coming in to re-engineer Correct. and understand our equipment. Correct. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little more context here because sure. I'm a contextual person. So we have a whole generation of um, warriors. warriors that have served in the sand. That for have been, 20 years. For 20 years they have been fighting. Yes. And Stewart's lawyer made this very clear, something I did not know that the generals that are in charge now, by no fault of their own, just happened to be in, come up through the ranks when it was not wartime. So they have not served in the sand. They have not been field officers. So you have this whole generation of field officers who are not in complete control yet, eventually they will be, and, and officers that are above and beyond our son, Lieutenant Colonel Stewart. So you have to understand, you, they understand because they have been in the field for 10, 15, 20 years. They've been serving in the field. And, and like I said, this is no fault of the generals, but 
when in his video, he said it's time for a new generation. You need to understand he understood that it really is time for a new generation of field officers to possibly people that know what death looks like, people that know what those decisions look like in real time, how they feel, how they smell. That's the difference. And I didn't fully understand that until we were in the court martial and the lawyer brought that up. And I think that's really good context. And it, it really is because you, you have the, this, this leadership that is probably as savvy as anybody when it comes to the textbook. Correct. Now, now apply your plan in real life and see what's going to go wrong. And if you've never had that experience of, you know, even the best plan is going to have a hiccup. Hiccups, when you're talking about military action, cost lives. And until you, like, like you said, you've, you've been there, you, you've seen the hiccups per se of plans and not been able to critically think through that because I've only been, this is what the textbook told me to do. You don't have a leader. Now, I will also say, given that context, as a leader, I don't care if you're leading a Fortune 500 company or you're leading the Marine Corps, if you make a mistake, if it didn't go well or right, a true leader will stand up and say, it didn't go well, we made mistakes, I accept accountability, we lost lives on my watch. And that's the other part of what Stuart was asking for. So, you know, I don't walk in the shoes and neither do you of, of these generals. Right. I'm sure they're very brave men and they have served their country well. And so it's not for me to say, you know, because they didn't li- work in the sand and they, they, they weren't shot at like the younger ones. I, I, can't, I can't condemn them, but what I can say as leaders they didn't accept accountability. And to that end, that hurt a lot of people. I don't think anybody goes into public service with the, with malintent. It it makes sense. They're they're not joining the military for for malintent. However, the failure is beyond those generals at this point. It's who promoted those generals and what, What's the root cause of why those promotions happened? Where is the, the paradigm of the military shifting to? What, and those are all questions that are, are beyond us answering. But I, I believe, you know, uh, your son stated it best where, look, we, we need answers. We need accountability. And, and obviously he, you know, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but he took accountability during the, the court martial hearing. Look, what I said, I, I said it, I own it. Right. So we're, we're going to get to that. So sure. I, I'm just trying to put you in his frame of mind that day when a friend, someone he knew, started sending him photos text wise from the from I think it's Abbey Gate, the gate there from, from the airport, from okay. the airport. And he's seeing these photos and he was just like, have we learned nothing? Do we you know, was this a good idea? And you can see where his frustration was. This is. This is a field officer. This is what the, we'll get to the court martial, but this is what the judge said. This is, I never, I have never had a person in my room for a court martial 
with the record that you have. You do not have one little blemish on your record. It has been perfect. You were in the top tier three on your way up. And I have looked at all of the evidence. I have looked at all of the videos. And what I see is a top grade field officer who was frustrated, angry, and upset. And in pain. And in pain. And he admonished the prosecution for taking out of context some of Stewart's comments and posts because he watched them all. Um, And so the judge was extremely fair. And uh, he didn't even think, you know, he, he thought that his imprisonment was bogus and shouldn't have happened. And, and we can get into that. Let's get into it right now. So, all right. <laughs> first of all, first of all, we have set up a website called I Stand With Stu, S-T-U.com. And on that website, we have nine pages of his court statement that he was able to read about what happened, what the military, the Marine Corps did to him. In the two months since the August 26th video. Yes. And I had said in a couple of things, you know, they're applying pressure. Um, We each have our our sweet spot. And I, for me, it is, of course, talking contextually, but my concern is about the suicides that are going on. That that seems to speak to me. And if you look at, I've said, you know, we're older. We remember Vietnam, you know. uh, Now we have this, our 20-year war against terror. We saw lots of vets coming home from Vietnam. We have now seen this military group coming home with issues. And I've often wondered why, what what is it? But now, and I'm going to go further to say that our military is very brilliant and that they have studied post-traumatic stress, whatever you want to call it, they they have studied it. And they know what pressures make, what triggers will cause a person to crack or to blow up or to be of harm to themselves or to someone else. And I'm going to go further and say that our military is sharp enough that if you're saying something they don't want you to say, they know how to apply those pressures to blow your life up behind the scenes. So that is exactly uh, what happened. uh, We just had a guest that uh, she's a PSYOP soldier. That uh, was, was a was a PSYOP that, soldier that was discharged after a series of events, but she went into great detail as to how that's how the government is doing that right now on various stages. So, well, they um, re, we we would encourage your listeners to go online to istandwithstu.com and read his statement, and you'll see what they did to him. Yes, he I laid it out very clearly, right up to. After they released him from prison, by the way, they didn't put him in prison because he broke the gag order, which is what we thought. They put him in prison because they deemed him a flight risk, which was ridiculous. And the judge said in 27 years, I've never, ever seen anybody put in prison for posting on social media. you got to be kidding me. And and I would like to make it very clear when they said he was in pretrial confinement. That was a small room where your hands can reach from side to side with a metal door and a tiny little slit that he sat in all day long by himself. He got to go out 
one hour a day by himself. They never let him be near any other prisoners and go outside to get some air or to come outside the cell one other hour. And that was nine days of that for speaking up. Absolute isolation, basically. Yes. And you guys, the links are going to be down below this video. Please uh, click on them and and read everything you can and spread the message. So um, the other... um, thing that um, let's go through the court i I am Uh, the other thing uh that they did between releasing him from prison and the court martial which was about a week 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 or so a week and a half uh someone from the marine corps leaked the pre-trial investigative report that included his medical and mental health records to the media. How does, um, how does that Again, an attempt to destroy and smear him. The judge, again, admonished the prosecution. The Navy sent their top prosecutor and the um, judge wasn't real happy with him or the government's case. The judge said, I would expect an investigation on the leaked documents and I would expect the person or persons responsible to be back in my court martial court. So we'll see if that happens. Okay. So, so they, they leaked the documents, um, which for, for whatever reason, that, well, like you said, they, they, a slander attempt, but- Well, a slander attempt or an attempt to get our son to do something stupid. And, and, and that, that's what, that's, that was my, my next step is yeah. that the more sinister side of it psychological warfare there it is exactly it was a trigger to try to 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 get him to to and by the way it did upset me (laughs) it triggered me sure i was mad last uh, the friday friday night before trial but i calmed down and fortunately there were uh you know the enough media outlets that had enough class that they didn't they didn't post it so then we go into while he is in pretrial confinement or solitary confinement, um, they could have, if it had gone to a, a regular court martial, if he, he could have gone to the IRO, but they didn't. And if it had gone on, if he had gone to the IRO, what, what's that mean? I don't know what it stands okay. for. Basically, it was going to be a, a hearing. And if they found him guilty, he would have gone on to a regular court martial and they could have then. He would have been probably six months, but as slow as the government goes, it probably would have been eight where he would have been in solitary confinement for eight months while oh, they waited. Uh, awaited, um, do you know I, what that is, IRO? Yeah, IRO is an initial review officer. Yes. So um, they did work a plea deal with, it was great. Louis Gomert was in there. Um, we had three Congress Congress people and their lawyers and they worked a deal, a plea deal that if he, pled guilty to all charges, which he was planning on doing all along, accepting accountability. He knew what he did. He knew what he did. And and he was, I, I think he had regrets that he did it. You know, he never meant to harm the Marine Corps. It just, his anger and frustration from all of the unseen forces, he just, it just kept bubbling up. Or maybe he did, I, you know, I, I can't speak for him. He's, he's a very intelligent 40-year-old man. And I'm mom, and I'm just looking in from the sidelines on occasion. I hope So, you know, I, I don't have, 
I yeah, hope he, he doesn't feel regret. I really, he's, he's a hero and I hope he understands that and recognizes that. Well, you know, um, well, the, his it, life got blown up. Nothing is the same. I know. Uh, including, uh, his marriage. And, uh, so yeah, he probably, um, has some regrets because, uh, it's, uh, you know, he, he, uh, erased everything and he's, he will, he will start a new life and oh my goodness, he will emerge stronger. I guarantee you. Um, but it's, it's tough. But, so let's stay with the court martial. So, so we got the court martial. We got the plea deal. We got the plea deal. And the plea deal was that he would, you know, admit guilt, accept guilt. And therefore the Marine Corps would then um, sign his resignation and give him either an honorable discharge or an honorable uh, discharge. general discharge okay. under honorable conditions. But, but here's, why we're here tonight talking to you sounds great doesn't it yeah in fact the media if you look at some of the if you look at some of the news articles from last friday saturday it's over yeah they're they're holding that over his head aren't they well it's not over because he's still their marine there was no time limit on when they accept his resignation in fact they could keep him for the next three years under the gag order and if you were playing for that side what would you do? Would you? His envelope would, would, if I was playing for that side, his envelope would go in my desk drawer and never reach the light of day. And, Correct. and I would just simply continue to harass him, put him down, um, try to degrade him. And that's, yeah. he's in a hostile work environment. And so um, that's where we're at today. We're still calling on Americans. And, you know, as the news cycle goes, the story's kind of over. News cycle has borders and they have, you know, school boards and other things to talk about. But Stewart is still under a gag order and working for the Marine Corps. And so we're asking Americans, those that don't find this acceptable, to contact the Secretary of Navy and ask him to honor their commitment and sign his resignation and let him go free. Have the politicians that have been involved, um, have they kind of washed their hands of this, considered a win? No, I don't think so. They they have been amazing. I still have senators and Congress people uh, contacting the the Secretary of Navy. Secretary of Navy today left for Hawaii in a 10-day tour of the Pacific. Uh, I, I called myself, the Secretary of Navy's office, two nights ago, and I was told that. Uh, by one of his attaches. And uh, I said, well, I got to believe that he could do work while he is on the road. So please bring to his attention, if he doesn't have the papers from the Commandant of the Marine Corps yet, maybe he ought to contact the Commandant so this and is a, ask, where is this resignation? This so, is an ignorant question, I guess, but why does it come down to the Secretary of the Navy? Isn't that a good question? You know, I don't know. Um, I know that the Marine Corps, up to the Commandant, reports to the Secretary of Navy. Wow. I learned the Marine Corps that. is a division of the Navy. They are the fighting, hand-to-hand combat fighting force of the Navy. And that's why it goes to the Secretary of Navy. I guess there is not a Secretary of the Marine Corps. There is a Commandant of the Marine Corps that reports to the Secretary of Navy. And he could make this all go away with a signature. Our son has completed all of his classes. Everything is done. They're just simply waiting for a signature. 
But I would like to say that he would still be sitting in the brig in isolation if it were not for the American people writing their congressmen and, and, and social media and the outcry. This would be a different story. But I want you to soak this in for just a second. The Secretary of Navy, do you know who he reports to? Secretary of Defense. I was going to say, right, okay. someone in the Joint States. Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin, one of the very people who Stu called out in his first video, Secretary Austin, Secretary, uh, I mean, uh, General um, McKenzie and um, General Milley. So, so think about it for just a second. My instincts are these very generals that have tried to go back down the line and crush Stewart for the last two months, now hold his fate in their future of whether or not they're going to actually sign this resignation and let him go. So, so you know, when we get when we get discouraged, we think about that. But I'm can, can I ask? I'm encouraged. Let, let me interject one second. Yeah. What what stops the judge or the judiciary that made this order from mandating a timeline on this order? Um, judge had nothing to do with it. Uh, the legal team worked with the Marine Corps and it, and it like what I've been told is it we, was last minute before. We, we don't know. And so we don't know. Yeah. I'm Monday morning quarterbacking and I'm saying, but, but ultimately, know, ultimately the, the judge has to accept the, the guilty plea. Right. And yes, it, it's, it's yes. a plea. And our, bargain, and our son right? had no problem with it, admitting right. it. So, in so fact, the judge, why can't the judge asked, put on that? The judge asked many questions and beamed to us that he wasn't even sure Stewart should have accepted this plea deal of guilt. Now, that's my opinion. Don't know if that's true. Uh, I can't prove that. But I believe our son always intended to accept accountability for what he did. Can we just run over uh, worst case scenarios? What are the scenarios from here on out? Well, the kind that make mom not sleep at night. Worst case scenario is they hold him for three years under a gag order and they put a dunce cap on him and they send him to work somewhere in an office to do something. What? what so, so he's under contract still for, yes. for how yes. long? For three more years. Three, three more years. Okay. And that will take him up to his 20. I guess the good news is he would receive his retirement. But it's three years of psychological warfare. And, and, and if he breaks his silence in that three years, if he posts or does social media, they will probably throw him back in the brig and take him again to a court-martial. So we, as his parents, don't see anything else to do but to bring this plight to the American people, to shine a light on it, and to get people to scream out and say, let our war hero go. Yes. And if he gets his resignation signed, yes. does he receive his 17 years? He, he, th- there will be no pension. No, you have to do 20. Okay. But, but he's he will willing- receive, I believe he will receive his VA benefits, which include health benefits. That's a different law. And I don't believe they can take that away from him. Right. So, so he's willing to forego his pension 
based upon this principle, right? He said that on August 26th. Sure. And, and, and with that being said, if, if that doesn't speak volumes about the contempt our leadership has for our rank and file in the, in the military, where this gentleman spoke up, this Lieutenant Colonel spoke up and to, and, and name names about accountability got thrown in the brig and then you know, obviously the, the judge ruled uh, in your favor. We'll call it a win for right now. I think we have to at this point. He's out of the brig. He's, he's at home. Um, but if that doesn't speak volumes about just just how dastardly uh, the, the the upper echelon is, you know, that, that, they're, that the, the man wants to walk away, he, but they don't want him to talk. So, you know, so there's got to be some credence how- to that. You know, we can say they don't want him to talk and because he, he's not free if he doesn't have a freedom of speech. You know, his father says, oh, he has a lot to say. And I say, I, maybe he just wants to go away somewhere and be alone. Sure. He's, he's hurt. He's been betrayed. He's been betrayed by his fellow officers. He's been betrayed by command and the generals above him. He's been betrayed by many people. So, you know, I have people asking me, so how's he doing? <laughs> well, how do you think he's doing? How would you be feeling? Right. So, so everything this man has known his entire life, the, the esprit de corps, uh, the camaraderie, everything he, he has come to love has been taken from him. He's been betrayed by ev- every member. It, it seems like that he's grown close to those that he has come to trust with his life have betrayed him. And now he sits with a, a gaping hole in his heart that may as well be a gunshot wound. And yes, I'm a champion for mental health. Uh, it's so important to me. Um, I look at this with a optimistic perspective. Um, you know, I believe everything happens for a reason. So do we. And I hope that this has set a precedence in a very positive way moving forward. Um, I see his future. So it's so bright. And I hope that when the, this is over with, that he's strong. I know he's a strong man now, and I hope he stays strong. I see the good. I see what he can do. For instance, if he decided to run for a political office, the things he could do uh, to make sure this never happens again. Um, I hope he writes a book, honestly. When this is all over with, so everybody can read this story. Um, And yeah. And I want to know, how was your reunion? It was awesome being mom and dad. I mean, Mike and I are parents, you know, and we, we have uh, four children. Stuart is our oldest, all three children who have husbands and wives. And we have 12 grandchildren. All of our kids came out to North Carolina and just loved on him for that first weekend. And it was amazing. It was awesome. And, um, uh, so it, it, he needed that. We needed to fill his tank up with sure. some love, and it was good. And you'll be able to see him moving forward? Yeah, we're, we're seeing him now. He, he's obviously him. out of the brig, and, and we're, we're, we're seeing him not a whole lot. He's still going to work, but we're, we're seeing him here and there. So, yes. so is he, are you allowed to say, is he on an administrative duty now? Like you're on a desk, you're, you're shuffling. Papers we, and don't say he, was, he was doing some work from home on the computer and then he went in today and I don't think it, well, I, I don't know what went down. I, I, I haven't spoken to him, but. But, but, but you're the first to hear 
that uh, he has now been at least put on an administrative leave for 10 days. And so we, we're, hoping that's we're optimistic by that. <laughs> that that gave us some hope that maybe they're hoping that within 10 days the Secretary of Navy will sign the resignation. Maybe oh, that's oh, false. So he, he he went in today and then they put him on an admin leave. Correct. Okay. Actually, yeah. he's taking you know the equivalent of paid time off. Right. So days he's earned. Uh, yes. So this is our life. We start to feel hopeful and then we go down and then sure. we start to feel hopeful and then we go down. And it has been like this for two months. I don't, he's Mr. Positive and I'm always looking at worst case scenario. So maybe we offset each other. Yeah, there's a happy medium in the middle, right? <laughs> yeah, so I like to look at what is the worst case scenario and be prepared for it and plan. Sure. Very strategic. And he's, you know, like, oh yeah, this is going to hang on. <laughs> so... So yeah, yeah. Me, me and Meg yeah. <laughs> kind of remind me of me, me and you. <laughs> um, well, you guys are amazing parents. I just hope you know that. Yeah. And, and well, uh, it's, it, it, there's tell, just I, no other option. I tell people he's a 40 year old war hero and warrior, but at the end of the day, he's still our cub. Yeah. Uh, he did not want us getting involved. As a matter of fact, we could we did some background work that he was unaware of while he was out doing his thing. And the moment he went in the brig, then we could do what we could do. But if he had not, he wouldn't have let us. Wow. Well, so uh, we had to wait. We were biding time. Is he still able to to uh, continue the mental health work for, for others while he's doing this? Uh, he's pretty much isolating, I'd say. I he's think right now he's he's writing. Uh, he's, uh, uh, to your point, <laughs> he's journaling, he's writing, and uh, he's uh, just trying to get through it day by day. So, so just so we're clear, that the, the gag order that he's under, uh, I guess, with, with him still being able to report for duty now, prior to him being put on the, the admin leave, um, were they isolating him? We have no idea. You have no idea. Okay. Do you, know, are, no do you idea. mean at work? Yes. Where you know um, you're not allowed to talk to yeah. anybody because that's what Randy's know. question was. Was you know is he still able to do the outreach to you know I mean obviously, uh, Michelle. The, the that, answer that's your is passion is is the suicide awareness. Is he able to? He's not doing deal with that. that. No, I think I think no. that's not his no. priority right now. Like I say, he's trying to get through legal matters. He's just trying to 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 get through day by day and and again we just learned this evening that he is on a 10-day admin leave and who knows what when this happens when those 10 days are over or if they, they, they honor, said they'd reassess it on november 2nd i have no faith at this point they'll honor those 10 days but then there so you have his background contextually you have what went down in the court what's going on now you have other aspects of this and this is my husband has said many times that he's not qualified to talk about what happened with the generals or not. Um, our son is, we, we are not, he is not, but what he is qualified to talk about. And I'll let you take that from there. Well, you know, I, and I, I, uh, and I spend most of my time trying to keep him from raging. I, I, uh, I have spent You're doing very well right now. <laughs> I have spent 40 years uh, in, in my career in the last 25 years, I have been a management leadership, uh, executive coach, and consultant. 
I've helped Fortune 500 companies and their executive teams with strategy and developing their personnel. And I told someone today that while the botched exit from Afghanistan and Stuart calling for accountability is one chapter, uh, suicides is another chapter in the context. A third chapter is what we have witnessed in the front seat for the last two months. And that is sort of what we've been talking about, but it's what I'm calling a toxic culture of management and leadership and how they've handled this situation. Uh, they did everything wrong, in my opinion. In fact, Stewart said in one of his early videos, had you just called me, I would have come back in, I would have gotten in line, and I would have submitted. But from day one, the minute he called out on August 26 for accountability, they immediately kicked into destroy mode. And, and that's why when you read and when your listeners read his statement, Stuart within days figured out real quick that they didn't really care about him. All they wanted to do was destroy him. He was at that point, the enemy. And so, um, you know, a lot of my management and leadership work is around trust. It's around building up people. It's about developing people. They did just the opposite. I made the comment that uh, ask your Congress people, ask your senators who are responsible for military budgets, that perhaps they should put some of that money into management leadership training. Now, I know they do a lot of management leadership training because I know Stu has attended a lot, but obviously it's, it's not, not working. It's not current. It's not current. And to handle and manage situations like this, the Marine Corps has done more to hurt their reputation, to hurt future recruitment, uh, to hurt morale than anything they could have possibly dreamt up. Well, 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 let's think about this. So it, you have a group think mentality, right? And Stu went against the grain on that group right. think mentality. And what's the easiest way, if it wasn't for the two of you, and we have to be realist about this, their plan would have worked perfectly. He would have got yes, thrown they, away. They didn't count on us. And they didn't count on you. There are variables, and, and you know that in management. There are variables that sometimes you can't account for. You two were the variables that they didn't account for. And I think they thought after Friday we would go away. Or just the overall The, the, the legal team. Sure. Yeah. We were asked to play nice. The legal team said, hey, uh, go on, do your videos, smile, thank America, let them know it was a win. And it was about Saturday, Saturday when we said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You mean there, this could go on for months? And I had someone from Stewart's legal team tell me, well, you know, it's the government. You know, it's got to go up the chain of command. It's got to go to the commandant, then goes to the secretary of Navy. You just probably ought to go away and, you know, allow it to take months. And my point is it took them less than a day to relieve him of command and put him in a break. It took them only <laughs> weeks to begin to destroy him. It took them only weeks to put him in jail illegally. It took them only weeks to release his medical records uh, and take him to a court martial. Are you kidding me? 
Secretary of the Navy could sign this on Monday, but instead well, he's off in Hawaii on a Pacific tour and we wait. The distraction I, I is, is working well. Anyone else has gone? He serves at the pleasure of our president. Our president could sign and have him released immediately. Has he said a word? Not a, Not word. a word. As you know, if it was in fact, in fact, the Department of Defense in the congressional hearing, when one of the senators asked him about the situation with Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin acted like he didn't even know who he was. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to look into that. So, so what you're saying, and, and I just, I, I don't like reading in between the lines. So I'm just going to come out and say it. Ultimately, your son, for your your son's freedom was basically a broker deal in exchange, hopefully for your silence. That was the, the intent because you, well, it, I don't let, know. I hadn't thought about it that way. I don't, I, I hope not. And, we, well, well let, let, let me preface it. A, 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 let, let me go a little deeper in this. If you guys don't speak up and you're not yeah. on Tucker Carlson and, and I'm, I'm going to put a chip on my shoulder. If you're not coming on podcasts such as, as ours, um, your son is still sitting in the brig it brought attention to it. You brought it to the light. So, all right, now, now we've got so much attention on this. We have to do something now the expedited, have you, I look, I I was law enforcement for, for many, many years prior to to my, my new career. I've never seen a case accelerated as fast as this one where he was before a magistrate. Um, And maybe it works a little differently in the military, but you're, you're talking how many days in the break, nine days, seven days nine. in the break, nine days in the break, where even before motions and whatnot come and before, it, you know, the pleas are accepted, you're looking at least 30 days. So this got accelerated to, to an extent. Yes. Be, because you guys kept hitting the news circuits. You guys kept the story active now. And, and I'm sure he's got a, your son's got a great legal team, but the, the reality is, Hey, you guys might want to be quiet because let's let this play out they we don't want to thump we don't want to thump the generals in the chest and upset them so why don't we just play nice and, and we so- and we did that through the court martial and we started to thank everyone and play nice and then we saw the pain in our son sure and it, the realization that if, if i was playing for their team how convenient that they kept him under the gag order and they could keep him for three years. Well, the realization is he's being held hostage. I'll use the word captive. Okay, captives. He's being held captive right now. So being the person who looks at worst case scenario and strategizes from there, I'm the one that said, I don't think we can be quiet because the news cycle runs its course and everyone will forget. But I have moments where I have doubts because we're making this up as we go along and we're just mom and dad with grandma, grandpa. I think the, the climate right now in our country, uh, hopefully it, you know, it's, it's going in, in our favor right now. And you guys are doing awesome. And the, the more we speak about this, it's just going to help fuel this and, and get that signature. You, 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 you have our word that we won't let it go away. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And- Thank you, gentlemen. I, I have one. I'm going to say one more thing. Yeah, certainly. If, they can do this to a grade five lieutenant colonel. What can they do to the 20-year-old enlistee who's 
calling for injustice or other things and takes it up the chain of command and they ask him to stay quiet. Sure. How about the 20 year old girl that was raped or sexually assaulted? If that was your daughter. So, so it's gotten so much bigger. I'm fighting for my son, but, but I'm also fighting for perhaps change. There has to be change. Yeah. In the last few years, we've seen a a lot of uh, stories pop up of hazing incidents and rapes and all these things. And then they're swept under the, swept under the rug two days later, they disappear. So that that's where we're at. And so we really appreciate you giving us the time and the light because, you know, it's a new cycle. It comes and it goes and that's what they're hoping for. And, you know, I just like to go home and be grandma and do some gardening, but I can't. <laughs> we, have, we have a new full-time job. Yeah, you, you guys surely do. Uh, can, I, can I ask, and I hope I'm not overstepping at this point. Do you feel as though, we're going to edit this because I'm stuttering now because I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this properly. I'm just going to come out and ask it. Man, you're getting, uh, making me do more work. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, th- this has actually been so smooth. That yeah, I'm like, yes, like, I don't yes, have no, to edit. No editing at all, but, but here I go. Um, no, the, the question I have, and if you don't want to say we, we can edit this part out, do you really feel that the, the major TV conglomerates, now that it's over, they just don't have time for you. Have you reached out to them to try to get on, to try to continue this of story? Of course we have. Well, my theory um, is, you know, how many times have you said that, that there's informants uh, that are working within big media anyway? Oh, that, sure. That right. there's operatives working w- within the, to perpetuate an agenda. So you get a little bit of the story out, but you're not going to get the whole damn thing. Well, and they're just, you know, they got their, their use out of them. And, it's- and that's, that, that's my biggest fear. When I was talking to Randy and I was so elated that you guys were w- willing to come back on the show because I was, I was honestly mad because I was like, look, he's getting out. They're going to get a, a, maybe a two second, uh, you know, update for, uh, on Tucker or Hannity and, and that, then nothing. I want to know the whole story. The story's going to die at this point yeah. because they're well, not going to be given the rest of it. We have, the whole story, but we are not prepared to share it right now. I understand. We it, are learning it's quite a story. That we though. have no idea about. We it is the swamp, sure. and, and in fact, well, you know, about two weeks ago, I was considering running running for Congress <laughs> or Senate, and as you mentioned, Stewart could have a bright career. And after being up front, close, and personal for the last two months, uh, it is ugly and dirty and i don't think i want anything to do with this it is, and that's sad but it's the truth and mike and, and i have talked about it before we both ran for political office uh and well, i was on a different side and yeah it's nasty even in even in a small town it's nasty it's nasty so our son really and truly tried to not make this political and that is why he threw all of those presidents under the bus Sure. People were pressuring him. He had pressure from the military. He had pressure from other people. From saying, the Reds, from the Blues, from yeah. everybody. And and people are like, but why didn't he say anything about Biden? Well, Biden is his president. And, and it's commander-in-chief. And he would never say anything bad about his the existing commander-in-chief. And he never has in 17 years. We've, we've said, hey, where do you stand with this president? And he goes, I don't get, I do not get the right to, you know, I serve the pleasure of the president. I don't get an opinion. 
you know, and he's never, ever said a disparaging word about them until then. And I think it's because he was trying to prove to people this is not political. And I tried saying it's not red. It's not blue. This is red, white and blue. This is something we could all as Americans get behind. Sure. It, it is. And this that's is an American pro- story. That's the problem, though, right, it is that one news media highlighted this, which. Correct. And it was it, because it wasn't going with the, the current flavor of of the, the other news outlets at this point. Right. They didn't hear anything. So it, no. it, by, by proxy, it had to become politicized, which is, is so sad because there, there is no Democrat or Republican when you're talking about right and wrong. And it no. seems like we're so polarized right now that, that you have to pick a side to, if you even want to be heard. And that's horrible. And, and that, that is, and we're, we're even finding it within our own family. And at the, but at the end of the day, I do have to say, was it or was it not his decision? Whose decision? Yes. I'm sorry, Biden's decision. Oh. Oh, for that operation. Oh, for, for the operation yeah. itself. There's no question it was his decision to pull out by a certain date and not leave troops there. Right. We could talk all night about what advice did he get? Did he really get advice to leave 25 to 3,500 service members or didn't he? It, it, it doesn't, it it doesn't never matter who's sitting in that chair, Right. And we'll never know because yeah. we weren't a fly on the wall in that conversation. Right. And, and I think all of us and all of our listeners I guess, are smart enough to yeah. understand that we'll never get the full my, truth. My point was, is no matter who was sitting in that chair, whether it was the last president or this president, I feel like he still hasn't taken responsibility for what happened. I, it goes up the chain, right? He doesn't even want to talk about it. So right. I think that's a problem. And, you know, if, if we're going to chase other presidents and, and, and try to impeach him for some stupid stuff, you know, this is an impeachable offense. And, regardless of what had happened, he's still our president, just as Donald Trump was our president. This is our country as Americans. We need to rally behind our president, but we need to have trust in our president's abilities as well as all of those that serve at the uh, pleasure of the president. The president is one man who's there for a four-year stint at a time. There are career uh, military officials that are really making the decisions or career operatives that are making these decisions or we, career politicians, or career politicians yeah. per se too, that are, are running our country. We have to have faith in them. And we're not going to be able to, to regain that faith that we once had in, in our country, in our leaders, if we're so polarized that a story like this, that is right uh, about right and wrong and accountability will only be aired on one news network because it's not the, the flavor of who's in charge at this point. And for the young folks that are listening or watching, it's not that hard to get involved. If you want changes, you have to make the changes yourself. You have to step up. It's not that hard. Hey, if a couple of 63-year-olds that never had any intention of stepping up uh, can do it. So can an 18 year old, uh, you, you can, you can do whatever you have to do to create and make change and have your voice heard. So what we're asking right now is for people to go to our website. I stand with Stu, stu.com read his statement, read what the attorney. lawyer attorney had to say, please read the charges, his response to the charges And we also have on there a petition that we have going around that is asking the um, Secretary of the Navy to expedite and sign his 
resignation so we can get him out and moving on with his life. Um, also, we have been asking people, it's one extra step to actually contact the Secretary of Navy's office, because the more pressure we apply, we saw that he got out of the brig pretty quickly. The more pressure we apply, we don't want this to go into the dark. Um, and so we're, I'm really just begging people, let's, let's keep this moving, please. And, and we feel like we are, um, we're asking a lot. And, I know. And we don't want to come off as whiny parents. But uh, th this, um, this is just a microcosm of what is going wrong. And um, so I th I'm ask we're asking people to take a stand and say enough is enough. Yeah. And so, so can you give us the website for Pipe Hitter as well? Because that's another organization. It's pipehitterfoundation.org. Can you explain that and, um, foundation? At that, at that, yes. And there they were collecting... Um, you know, donations, I think at this point, you know, they've pretty much the American people have been so awesome with donating that they've covered what he will lose in his retirement. And as and well as legal fees. So, and, sure. and, and he's got enough money now to take care of his wife and children. So we, we, we are extremely grateful yes. to the Americans that donated over a, a week period. It was astonishing. It, I think it's probably what buoyed Stewart's spirits while in prison because his JAG attorney was going in every day telling him some of the comments on that page and the money raised, and he was That's blown amazing. away. That's amazing. And that and probably kept him going. And he's so grateful because and, that is what kept him going. But unfortunately, he won't be able to thank Americans until he gets out and he's released from his gag order. So this is a big shout out and thank you from mom and dad on his behalf. And that's why we started steering people to our little homemade page, just so they didn't feel like we were asking for more and more and more and more. And we were ungrateful. So we're really just looking for signatures and for phone Support. calls and, and, con and continue. We don't have that on there, but continue to contact your Congress people because they are the ones we can all contact the secretary of Navy, but it is our Congress people that made the difference. And we had three congressmen show up at his court. And that hasn't happened since. Billy Mitchell, 1925, court-martial. Billy Mitchell, known as the father of the Air Force. 96 years ago, he was court-martialed for calling out President Hoover and his military leaders because they didn't want an Air Force. And uh, you can read it. There was a great article a week ago comparing Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller to Billy Mitchell. We got a kick out of it. Uh, but at his court martial, apparently there were three Congress people there and there were also at Stuart's. Well, he made history, not, probably not the way he wanted to make history. No, um, not the way his mother wanted to make history. Right. Um, <laughs> We're very proud of him, nonetheless. Yeah, and and we're, we're proud of him, too. Well, guys, I signed, I signed the petition today, and I shared the link on Hall of Mirror's Facebook page, but that Thank link you. will also be below the video. Yes. Thank you. Thank so, you so much. We just want to get him home. Yep, and, and we, we continue to stand uh, by you guys. We, we hope once his gag order is lifted it, that uh, it, we're, we're afforded the opportunity to, to thank him as well. Um, and we thank you guys for, for joining us again. And, and I hope we stood by our word to you guys that you did I want you to tell your story and, and you're good all people. The time you guys and we were thrilled to come back and talk to you and, and we're hoping 
that we don't have to come back again, that the next person you hear from is Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. That would be amazing. Well, Mr. Scheller, I, I about jumped off my couch. I, I didn't know what number it was. I, I'm not going to lie. I was watching football with my kids. <laughs> Hello? Oh, I jumped off the couch. I was so happy. I'm like, yes, we can finally tell the story. So. <laughs> but no. <laughs> It was mom and dad again. No, 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 no. That, that's what we were happy yeah. about. That okay, no, okay, yeah, guys no. back out. Yeah. Uh, because I, you know, just prior to, uh, you know, you called, you know, after his, his release, and you know, I, I had just vented on Randy about how this is going to go away, and it, this isn't done by right. any means so no. it was it was kind of like a, you know whether you believe it or not there, there was a cosmic uh, connection there that I, I was venting and then sure enough here, here you are you're reaching out and, and, and we we can't thank you enough. yeah and I know you guys were being pulled every which direction the last time we talked and I did not like the way the pub publicists were you know demanding things and you know so I was just happy to to have a nice conversation with you on the phone totally unexpected and it totally made our week. So I, I hope well, we can I hope we're helping. You are. And we thank you and your listeners. And I'm betting and hoping that your Facebook post with this interview will go viral. Yeah, it'll be on Facebook. Uh, it's probably too long for Instagram TV, but I'll, I'll take some snippets. It'll be on YouTube uh, and it'll be streaming on all podcast outlets such as Spotify, you name it. So that's awesome. Hey, can I take this moment to let the people know that we're really following me on Facebook and they were doing an amazing job during our quiet period. I um, deleted on my Facebook. <laughs> so we, we, we were, we were sort of kind of asked to. Sure. And and so I have to put it back up now to come back. Right, so well. I apologize to those people that I left hanging. <laughs> But it, I was just trying to help my son. You, yeah. you know, you know, in, in this world, that might not be a bad thing to lead our social media yeah. accounts, right? That, <laughs> it's draining. That's coming from a podcaster, right? Yeah. Well, there, there was about a week there. After a week of um, detoxing, she even said, this feels pretty good. Right. But, right. but it was last weekend when we went, oh, crud, we've got it. We probably got to get back to work. Yeah. Well, I, I hope within the next 10 days, uh, you guys have good news. Um, I hope so too. And we hope so too. And, and you know, the, the one thing we haven't said here tonight, um, when we were um, crying and talking to you three weeks ago, we had a big call for prayer. Okay. And Kathy and I have been praying constantly for the last two months, not only for Stuart, our family, our grandkids, we haven't been able to uh, see our, our other children and grandkids. We've been praying for ourselves and we've been praying for. And we've been praying to soften the general's hearts. And so. We're praying very hard for them. I, I, uh, I, I don't want to, you know, you know, we're all these calls of action, Secretary of Navy and Congress people and yada, yada. There is no doubt in our mind that the millions of people that have lifted us all up in prayer also made the difference. And I believe in the power of Christ. He has moved this mountain. He released him from jail and he will, he will bring him out of the Marine Corps and he will lead many people in the future. I, I agree with you, Randy. Uh, wonderful things are in his future. And like many of you, I look forward to watching it. Amen to that. 
And uh, I think I, I'm going to leave it with one just uh, shot, shot across the bow. I guess that's a Navy term, right? Uh, if, if there's not a release and he's got to go for three years, that brings us to a 2024 election. Correct. So uh, I could see a, a Senate run in his future. <laughs> regardless, regardless. Right, uh, I, I, right I around the election time. But but we, we are praying for yes. uh, a Thank ten, you. 10 days, be, be done with it. And he can go on with his life. He can start to heal. He cannot Correct. truly start to heal until th this is uh, beyond him, right? Right. Mom just wants him to heal and write a book. Right, <laughs> write a book. Uh, it'd probably be pretty compelling. We will be buying it. Thought about it all all day today. I was thinking about, like, man, can you imagine the book he could write? I think, I think you know, Kathy's already written one book, and I think she probably has it in her to write another. But I think we'll 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 take a back seat and we'll let Stuart take the lead on that. So hang on a second. Have you written a book in this time? Yes. So oh. we won't go there right now. It's a great book. Okay, you want to you, hey, you, you have my number. So just text me. I'll text you the name of the book, and uh, it was written, and it's an amazing book. That's that's phenomenal. Well, I I want to say I'm I'm proud of you. That is very awesome. We're we're talking about writing a book ourselves, but we're, <laughs> we're just not that interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> but with that being said, when when there's a a second book that comes out, and we get the the two lines in your book that you came on this amazing podcast. <laughs> just, just think of us kindly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so old. Uh, I have referred to you as Hall and Oates. Uh, <laughs> and great. so I love it. Hey, that's so nice if I, if, if it's referencing Hall of Oats in the book, please forgive me. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll change it to Hall of Mirrors. I, I love it. That's awesome. So you guys enjoy your evening. Yes. Uh, we're going to continue to follow this. And uh, right. we, in our heart of hearts, we, we hope that this doesn't die with the, the media that's bigger than us. Well, I, I guarantee you, we will not let it die. We will not. We do <laughs> and, not and, and we're standing beside you to ensure that doesn't happen. <laughs>